Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Feeling that one in your mouth, you were really teabagging the air there. Uh, yeah, it's, that's what I do. You know what they say about me? She's a big teabag. <laughs> um, uh, it happened off camera, everybody. Uh, but I did just take my meds, so you're getting a. It might change in about twenty minutes. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Welcome to another episode of But Am I Wrong? Except it's But Am I Watching Edition. Mm-hmm. And this week, 
we watched and we or we completed the Amy Sherman Palladino double feature. Yes. Somebody was like, you got to do Bunheads next. And I was like, mm. oh, we don't. I've already watched it. I've never and seen it. And I nothing about it made me want to watch it. It's it didn't it didn't hit. And I think Amy would be the first person to say that. It was only on for like a season, right? I I want to say I don't even know if they finished the full season, but they might have. It might it was of that era where might have been a mid season finale. It ended, but could have made a Got whole it. season. But this week we are watching the Amazon Prime show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Now I'm not going to put any of this on you. I'm going to go. This was on me. I did neglect to realize that this was on Amazon Prime. Did you pay for it? No, no, no. No, it's not that bad. No, um, but there was a moment in the show that happened and I gasped and I said, what fucking network is this on? At the end? Amazon. And I go, oh my God. For a second, I was like, Rachel Brosnahan, you're about to get fired. Like, I was like... Rachel, how could they do this to her? She's about to get sued. Even in the at the beginning, before we even got there, she was dying her pubes and ran outside naked. So, do you not even I'm remember late. that? You you had to. This is okay. Let's just go through. We'll, I'll, I'll hit it when we get there. It'll be real fast. Okay, so I love this show. I absolutely fucking love this show. It's in its final season right now. And I'm going to be very sad when it ends. There are some things that in this rewatch, I didn't realize like how they've paid off in the future too. And I'm like, great, brilliant. Love this. But yeah, go ahead and and share your initial thoughts. So my notes that I wrote for this are like they're literally just so fucking funny to me because like I just wrote down everything that came to my head as it happened so my first Mm -hmm. thing I wrote down turns out it's not a musical (laughs) (laughs) I told you that numerous times but my caveat is I stand by the the vibe the musical vibe it gives me because in definitive scientific terms it's very doo-wop shoo-doo-wop the whole show is very ooh-wop, doo wada skeedaddle, scuba wooba wooba. It takes place in the 50s. So that is the error of time. Doo-woop, shoo Like, it's very bad. And I think it's because the, the musical element of it, too, is there are some songs, and this is, like, so fucking technical in, like, film and TV. There are some songs that, you'll have in like the background of like a, a, an epi- like a show or something and you won't really notice them or they'll add to it, but they won't be like so pivotal. But then like, if you think of movies like Deadpool and this to the audience, like Melissa knows mm-hmm. this, but like to like things like Deadpool or certain parts in Vampire Diaries, like the song is picked and it's like very, it's very, fo- it's song forward. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're focusing on. And then the background's moving, like the rest of those things, like it's conveying it. And so this is giving shoe up do wop at like the front. It's very, like, I was waiting for them to go, Patty's from heaven, show me, do me, every class. I've told you that it, it I, when you have said numerous times <laughs> that it was a musical and I was saying it's not, I said it is shot like a musical, but is yeah. not a musical. And they also do have, first of all, Amy Sherman Palladino is direct 
this episode and most of the episodes too. And also has someone on staff that is like full-time choreographer, which you can feel it in it. Um, and that person has worked on a- with Amy for many things too. And has done, I saw that she's done stuff for Gilmore Girls as well. I don't mm-hmm. know. How, did they have a musical episode or something? Well, I, I have something later on that I'm like, the person who wrote this character was the person who wrote this character. I'm like, this makes sense. So yeah, there's there's some very, the through lines of it that makes sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it it was just funny to me. I go, okay, I guess it's technically not a musical. <laughs> My next thing is some people have modern faces. So some people, no matter what garb you put them up in, I'm like, no, this is not what it is. And there, this was like a narrative that people talked about with Daisy Jones and the Six about how mm-hmm. some people have faces that have clearly seen an iPhone. Mm-hmm. They don't have those f- faces. For the main cast... They did a great job. And I'm like, none of these people know what an iPhone is. Mm-hmm. None of these people do. Some of the background actors, you know, and hey, background actors are not cheap. But I thought they did a fantastic job casting people who who have timeless yes. faces and the acting. Like Rachel Brosnahan's, like the accent in it mm-hmm. is not overdone. It's not campy. It's not like just so extra it's just so she's giving which is my highest compliment she's giving a big performance that i believe which the only other actor i think who's really nailed that that i usually reference is anna faris mm-hmm. anna faris is like someone who like is a very big over-the-top campy actor and i believe everything i thought that they were going to be in this episode but they're not but joel's family his parents perfectly cast as well they weren't in this episode but like we might keep watching it Mott's really liked it yeah the person that played his mom is someone that is big and over the top and very funny and loud and so uh, complete opposite of Midge's family Mm -hmm. who are more quiet they're loud but they're like a quiet loud and his family are just loud loud so I'm excited my next statement men ain't shit I hated her husband the moment he appeared on screen. Mm-hmm. And you know how I feel mm-hmm. about a gap tooth bitch. And when I mm-hmm. don't trust a gap tooth bitch on first look, it's not good for him. And I was like, I don't like him. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like him. And Mons was like, what do you mean? You think it's fun? And I go, no, I mean, they're setting it up for something to happen. And so I kept going, is he gay? Is he cheating on her? Is he cheating on her woman? Is he cheating on her man? Is he, what's happening? Like, like what's, what's going on? And then my next, ca- like my next from there is, oh my God, women do everything. Mm-hmm. And her life seems miserable. This is my <laughs> hellhole. And I had a question about the sleeping and waking up thing. So the going to sleep, waiting until he falls asleep, makeup on, taking the makeup off finally, and then waking up before he gets up. Do you think that this is like a of an era thing? Yes. Or is it is it a personality thing? Because I know when you start dating someone new, it's like, oh, I like, you know, want to like freshen up. But like, that's kind of like a not farting in front of someone on like the first date. You know what I mean? It's like you you ease into that. But I don't know anyone now who would do that. But also like, is it a personality thing or an era thing? It's an era thing. I've heard and read stories about women doing that all the time. But I'm like, did their partners not get up and pee in the middle of the night? No, I was like, are you wetting the bed? Are you so dehydrated? Like, how is this working out? Like, what if you yeah. eat some like bad food the night before and you have diarrhea and then mm-hmm. you have a jump scare because you think the mummy is next to you? Like, what if it's a cloudy day and it's not the sun doesn't come out? 
because that's what it was was like the sun would wake her up she would open the curtain oh my god i didn't even think about like the era of it of like the lack of technology to ensure that she does that every day yeah she had i mean they had a a alarm clock but she was setting it up to make it like he woke up first yes oh my god you have to be so on top of your circadian rhythm Yeah. yeah yeah so that was infuriating to me and then next my next statement was oh my god men are so useless mm-hmm. and so dumb and they nail the innate ever prevalent yet incredibly casual body obsession with women like yeah so fucking well it's horrific mm-hmm. at how fucking casual it is and like it's how it, it's like a non-issue like it's just like mm-hmm. a, a matter of fact thing and so immediately when she like then you see that with her and then you see that with her mom and my, I literally said out loud, I go, ah, Amy Sherman Palladino and her maternal trauma shows. Yes. Like it's, yes. it gives me very much of that Gilmore Girls vibe. And I'm like, Amy, you have mommy issues. Mm-hmm. I, I, this, maybe this is why I really, I enjoy your shows. I've heard her talk a lot about her dad, like in interviews. I've never heard her talk about her yeah. mom. That makes sense. So, so I hate her husband, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just want to say this is before he did anything. <laughs> yeah. I just fucking hated him. And then I do think we need to take a moment for uh, a cause I am incredibly passionate about in my professional and my personal life. And that is justice for big foreheads. I <laughs> love, <laughs> Melissa knows, I love, if there's two things anyone wants to know about me, I love a gap tooth bitch and I love a big fucking forehead. Like, big forehead? Not a, Sure, big brains. You want to talk about what that means? No, beauty. Like, You've got the canvas. Like, I love a big forehead on anyone. Mm-hmm. And just as for big foreheads, for anyone who watched this or was told they had a big forehead as a kid or an adult, just know that I love your forehead. I will say uh, in the current season, they do some flash forwards. They flash forward to her daughter now in like in college. And the person they cast for that girl, perfect. And <gasps> Nils, Rachel's, acting to a T. And I I was like, who the hell is this person? I went and looked her up and I was like, she's hasn't like she's done stage stuff. She hasn't really done a lot of other stuff, but she is so fucking good. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, it might be a redemption because one of the biggest gripes in the Gilmore Girls fan world is there is a episode where there is a young Lorelai playing mm-hmm. young Lorelai, but it's supposed to be like, you know, Rory and her aren't supposed to be so similar that they have the same mannerisms. But the performance of young Lorelai, everyone has said it was just the wrong casting. And like, it was, I mean, the girl's like, she's she's a great actress. It's just like, not it. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to hear that she nailed it because that's probably the loudest gripe of all of Gilmore Girls. Yeah, so great job to that person i think she's like 30 so she's not even like a girl to that woman (laughs) but she was playing uh college age and i was like wow that's impressive okay Mm -hmm. now see i'm committed my next thing brings into your question when you asked if there was any musical performances and this won't mean anything to you because similarly i realized when we were watching the pilot of gilmore girls that you weren't going to meet this character in the pilot and this character is an aquarius to his core (laughs) And watching this, I was like, oh, this is the woman who wrote Kirk. Like, I can just see it. This is who wrote Kirk. Kirk is like the 
I don't even know how to describe Kirk, but there's an entire episode of Gilmore Girls where like Kirk is doing like a movie. Like he's like ma- made like a movie night and like a short film festival with his own film. And they include like a 10 minute weird as fuck like film. It's like the most like weird off kilter, like what the fuck is this kind of vibe? And there's definitely dancing in it. There's one where like Kirk does a whole interpretive dance about like the life and death of Kirk. So he like starts as a sperm and like his dance is like, on the ground and like it's so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And just the sense of humor and some of the characters and like the where the fuck are you getting this like weird idiosyncrasy, like these like weird little quirks. I was like, okay. This, this, I can feel the essence. Where, what was it that reminded you of that? Okay, well, it's in between justice for big foreheads and boobs with all exclamation points. (laughs) That's a big jump. I know. You missed a lot of story in between there. No, I know. I mean, this was, these were my, these were just my, when I had something to say. I don't even remember. It might have been, it might have been like the friend. No, it wasn't. It had been before the friend. Imogene. Yeah, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it could even just be like random background stuff and some of the establishing things because Kirk started off as like, just Kirk was like reoccurring and would do like random odd jobs and just like like say two lines and then like walk away and you'd be like, what? Like, it just has this like, what's going to happen energy. So I enjoyed that. I guess we can then go on to boobs when I was worried Rachel Brosnahan was about mm-hmm. to get fired from her job because I was like, where are these titties? And I was like, this is Amazon Prime. And I was like, oh my God. I was so, <laughs> I was so, I felt like, I keep wanting to call her. What is her character's name? The, um, oh, Susie. Susie. I keep wanting to call her by her multiple Gilmore Girls names. Susie or Miss Ungermeyer. <laughs> I felt like her when she's like, oh no, she doesn't know. I literally was watching it like, Rachel Brosnahan, you're going to get fired. I'm like, okay, and the show's been going on for years. So like, I was like, it's like I blinked and Mods went, oh my God. And I looked up and I go, who's, those are her boobs. And he goes, yeah. Like I was, I was the jump scare of a lifetime. I will say I was shocked too, because the nudity does not keep up in the show. No, so it's, it's clear I, it's nudity for comedy. Yes. And so I did not, I was like, I think we might've seen a butt at some other point, but I don't remember seeing any titties any other time in the show. Great tits, though. Oh, my God. Fantastic tits. And I have to say, like, I think I love nudity for comedy. Mm -hmm. And it's only funny when you don't do it all the time. And so, like, to me, I was like, oh, nailed the point. Totally. Oh, my gosh. I just realized they I just realized something with the titties. What the titties? You got to keep watching, but her and Susie have this thing that they say when she goes to perform. And this is where it came from. And I completely oh. went over my head. Well, hey, look at this podcast. It's <laughs> unveiling new things, giving you additional perspective. That's funny. I'm going to skip my next part because it involves who I'm nominating for the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. Fuck men is the overarching storyline for me. Um, it's a really good pilot. It's very well done. It establishes everything very, very, very well. It intrigues you just enough. And it makes you want more like they set the stage very well she has star power like she's she commands the whole thing very very good not to be that person (laughs) who's asking a mother where her children are but 
So those are her children. Yes, they're her children. And that's so when, a continuing thing throughout the whole series. I was about to she, ask They you, abandon those, those children okay. all the time. Because I was like, there's no logical thing here. So I have to assume it's being done for a comedy bit and we're suspending disbelief. And it's like funny that like they're just gone. It's not even like comedy. It's just that she abandons those kids all the time. Do they talk about it? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I yes. was like... It is part of her their character. And then when they do those flash forwards in the future. Yeah. Okay, so her husband just walked out on her and now she's drunk and going to perform stand-up. Like, am I, I thought her parents lived in the same building as them. They do. And so I was like, so did you dial up them? Do they know? Or like, is this of the time where you just like would leave your, like they're sleeping. So like, I'll just come back when they're away. Yeah. It is a different time though. It is a different time, but she does abandon them all the time. They yeah. both do. I won't even just put it on her. It's both of them. They abandon those children. The thing that was so funny to me, I asked Mats if he had any hot takes. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me again of the Gilmore Girls one, where he was like, you know, it was like all really well written, but like it just felt like so random and sudden for him just to like walk out and like leave and like abandon their whole relationship. And I was like, have you ever read the article, My Wife Divorced Me for Not Doing the Dishes? And he was like, no. And I was like, the whole time I was like, she's doing everything. He's doing nothing. And he doesn't even appreciate if she didn't do it, he would not only like not do it, like he would just leave. Like she's doing and all of this stuff. he wouldn't even notice to, that it wasn't yeah, done. But she's doing all of this stuff to keep him, mm-hmm. keep him happy. Mm-hmm. Like she's the illusion of a quote unquote kept woman. No, no. he's a kept husband because she's he's trying to keep kept. him. And, and so more like, of that will come out later too. Oh, yeah. And I'm really excited for y'all to watch because when we get the mom's backstory, it makes sense total sense mm-hmm. everything falls into place when we get the mom's backstory for all all the relationships amy Valdino, a girly with mommy issues <laughs> relatable relatable so those are my thoughts and yeah rachel brosnahan obviously she's a star i'm excited to see what she does after this because mm-hmm. she's yeah, really good what i remember her in before this was uh the show on Netflix, the first show on Netflix, House of Cards. And her character annoyed the shit out of me so much. She wasn't there the whole series, but the two seasons I think she was on annoyed me so much. And I was like, she's good. But then when I saw the first episode of Maisel, I was like, this woman is phenomenal. She's phenomenal. really good. She's really, really good. I mm-hmm. haven't seen her in anything else. I'm like scrolling to double check. I love how it's set up at the wedding that she's the funny one and he's not shit. Also, she likes to create drama. <laughs> the whole was so she messy. said that there was shrimp in the egg rolls at a Jewish wedding. <laughs> and then her dad's trying to fix it and is like, where does it even say in the Bible you can't have it? I was it's like, you really good. are such a messy bitch. Mm-hmm. So you, I think when they were doing the flashbacks, you might have missed where she, her and some of the people that she lives in her That's dorm. That's what they were doing. I, I, yes. Lots and I were asking, I was like, are they narrowing? And I was like, I don't even think nair is a thing yet. Nair was definitely a thing. It was? But they okay. were bleaching their pubes because she bleached her hair later. She had blonde hair. I think that's actually her natural color is blonde, yeah. maybe. But uh, when the like college, them co- dating each other, she mm-hmm. had blonde hair. So she was ma- matching the 
Yes. Okay. This makes more sense. Because he was like, are they just dyeing the hair? And I go, no, because they're screaming in pain. So that's what I thought was near. But you're right. It was just bleach. Okay. Yeah. And so one of she starts yelling at one of the her friends and the friend was like, you're the one that told us to do this. And then she gets up and runs outside naked to cool down. I remember this now. She's a drama. She fucks him against a tree. She also is lying at the wedding talking about they bonded over going to charity nights and yeah. poetry and, and they were at the, yeah, if they were going to see titties. I wonder what uh, Amy Sherman Palladino's thing is with bleaching of the hair as a sign of rebellion because that happens in Gilmore Girls too. Does it? And they get and they get too hot and so then she runs outside. Mm. It's her thing, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's why she has wears a top hat. She's got she's done some like drastic bleaching yeah. and is hiding some breakage. I like the line when her dad is in his study and the house cleaner keeps coming in there and trying to clean. And he's like, Don't clean in here, it's fine. And then she goes in through a, a different door and he goes, A door does not represent infinite possibilities. And I thought that was a great line. He's a good actor too. Mm-hmm. He really nails the role. Here's my hot take is Joel is the hero of this episode. And here's why. He's a complete loser. And him leaving Midge is the best thing that fucking ever happened to her. She dropped a dead weight. Yes. He left with her suitcase. And it was a beautiful suitcase. It was a beautiful suitcase. Girl, stop him. (laughs) Not stop him from leaving, but like. Make him empty that suitcase and put it in a bag. Sometimes violence, as we've said before, is the answer. And I think that she should have emptied the suitcase and hit him with it or got her little brisket Pyrex and hit him with it. I know it was still at the club, which is why it's the inciting incident to get her back to the club. But Mm -hmm. I cannot stand him. He's talks about how miserable he is and how he's been trying to live his dream and tries to act like she's the one that's bringing him down when she's the one keeping him afloat. She runs this house. Yep. They're clear. They're in her parents' building. Like this is her world that he chose to be a part of. He is amused by her the whole time, but doesn't give her credit for being funny. She Mm -hmm. gives him notes on his comedy doesn't appreciate it he also blames her for all his shortcomings and is just a tool so good fucking riddance to him good riddance and he should be so lucky that that she made his last name famous oh yeah i didn't even think about that do we learn her maiden name yeah because it's wiseman because it's her parents last name okay yeah He's infuriating. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny, like mentioning that to Maz about how he was like, it felt like start of the blue. And I was like, no. no, like she's keeping the ship running and she's it's... the star of this relationship. Yeah. And like, if she's not going to do 100% of it, he's doing zero and he's going to keep mm-hmm. doing zero. And doing zero means like he's out. And Maz was like, oh my God, you're right. And I was like, yeah, like he's, he's checked out. Like, yeah. Completely. And in relationships, this man doesn't get any better. I'm not surprised. I will say he does grow some, but he does not get any better. They're both very privileged, but he just takes her for granted. And I'm just, I'm so fucking glad that he leaves. 
him and Penny Pan. Get the fuck out of here. It's a good depiction of the difference between when you're privileged in a woman and privileged in a man. Mm -hmm. Because, like, when you're privileged in a woman, you're privileged, but you're still a woman. And especially in that time. Mm -hmm. And so she has to be funny. She has to be beautiful. She has to be great. And he's Mm -hmm. just there. Yep. As she says a lot. And even her mom says, uh, I just wanted her to be happy. It's easier to be happy when you're pretty. And it's like, oof. Summed up pretty privileged. No, it's it's so it's yep it's sums up pretty privileged but we also see how much work she puts in to maintaining that look it's not easy no (laughs) and it's an absolute perfect segue into my fucking asshole of the episode well we gotta get into other people's hot takes before we get you're right you're right let's take a break (laughs) i know okay One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of 
getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Sorry, I was yawning. You watch the Patreon if you want to see it. It was really nice. <laughs> so now we're going to get into But Are They Wrong? And that's when y'all write in, DM, send us your own hot takes for the show. And so, and then we're going to, of course, vote on these at some point. Someone said, there's a lot of unnecessary body shaming in this show with the ankles and arms and things, but that baby's head is gigantic. Oh my God, <laughs> justice for big fucking foreheads. And if anyone has never seen me before and you're only watching, listening to the audio version of this, I do not have a big forehead. 
You did I'm as a baby, though. Oh, well, okay. Mostly because my hair was what? So, like, <laughs> you could not see. Like, but same because, with that baby. No, I know. So, like, when you've got... There's no eyebrows. There's uh-huh. no eyelashes. There's no contrast on your fucking face. So, like, you literally are an egg. Like, you see my lip. My lips are the only... And my eyeballs are the only, like, non-beige that things. That was the exact, <laughs> exact same baby. with that baby. Yep. Yep. I felt seen in that baby. Honestly, when I saw that baby, I was like, I can see Megan in that baby. Yes. And then somebody said, Midge leans on her own privilege too much and it's 100% her parents' fault, even though they try to make it seem like it's her fault when Joel leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Her parents do enable her, even though they also try to antagonize her. But she rebels against, she tries to rebel against it and it just doesn't work because she's, while she's rebelling, she's also trying to fit in a box, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, she does yeah. little things to rebel, but she's also just trying to. She's rebelling within her comfort zone. Yeah. 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 No, that makes that makes sense to me. And that feels like the uh, not like other girls of its time where it's mm-hmm. like you're still doing a lot of things that maybe don't align with what you some of the other actions that you're doing. Like you're you're rebelling in a way that's comfy. Mm hmm. This person also agrees and says that Miriam should have kicked Joel's ass. Yeah. Sometimes violence is the answer. And you had, she did it in the bedroom with a hard shell suitcase. Like you had it right there. Uh-huh. Come on. There were hangers around. There was lamps. And like shit was built well back then. That shit's weighty. Yeah. Because then the alarm clock could have been like, you know, that could have foreshadowed. I'm not waking up anymore. Yeah. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Mm-hmm. Different show. But Amazon was like, you know what? We're also, we're seeing tits. So mm-hmm. we're actually not going to see someone's head bashed in because that's going to be a little too much. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fine. Uh, <sighs> and then also they said, uh, boss move when Midge used presumably Joel's money to bail out Lenny Bruce because she's investing in her career and investing in a real comic. So it's his, so we think it's his money. He had a real job. this person. Because my question was, and you said that we'll get to know his family a bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that they were, both parties approved of the marriage. They're of similar Mm -hmm. wealth backgrounds? No. Similar wealth backgrounds, but their families are very different. Okay. So I just meant in the sense of finances. So her family's not bankrolling their life? No. Okay. But they could be. But it's not even her dad; it's her mom. Wow, her dad's a professor. So this is the woman who wrote Emily Gilmore. Yeah, her her dad's a professor. So I I have to watch this whole goddamn fucking show. I know. The first time I watched it, I was like, the first when I first watched the episode, I was like, how are they living like this off of a professor's salary? And then we find out why later. But also. Her, his dad, they own, I mean, this isn't a spoiler, but his family owned a, like some type of garment business. I can't remember if it's like dry cleaning or they make dresses or something, but it's some type of garment business. So mm-hmm. they have money, but they have new money. Yeah. Her family gave mm-hmm. me the vibe that I didn't, I didn't necessarily think her parents gave me the vibe of parents of that they were born into money. 
that mm-hmm. it was that because it doesn't look we're not seeing them we're seeing them with appearances mm-hmm. and I was like oh I wonder if they just had parents with money and you know then it's another parents with money parents with money thing yeah but Lenny Bruce that just as a quick aside Lenny Bruce the comic that they when on one of their dates they see him perform and then he's the guy when she gets in the back of the cab he's there okay I thought they were all three different people Mm-mm. and then when she bells him out it's all the same person but this is a in real life like this was a real life person that they I was going to ask you that. I forgot to write that down, but I was going to ask you like if any of, I don't think that her story was necessarily real, but like I could see it being like a, like a, a amalgamation of like lots of little different people and even just like random cameos. Okay. Yeah. But uh, her story is not real at all, but there are a lot of comics that pop up in the show that are based on real people. To like set the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. We get wonderful performances by Jane Lynch. Oh, good. Who plays an amalgamization of some other people, some other female comics of the time. And we also get Wanda Sykes, who plays Moms Mabley, who was a huge female Black comedian of the time. So, yes, you Uh, do need to continue to watch this show. You know I love Wanda Sykes. Yes. Like, I'm really excited for that. So there's just, there's a lot of, Sterling K. Brown is in here too. Is this going to make me, give me like an another acting whiplash, like when he was in fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Maybe I'll- like, I mean, he's he's playing more true to his drama side, but yeah, he's great. Oh, I'm excited. But did I tell you that this was a show that you would like? Yeah, you did. And what did you and believe? I believed that it was a musical- <laughs> You told me, you said, it's just not my kind of show. And I said, Megan, this is your kind of show. It is. It's 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 good in the sense that, like, on paper, it is not my I am not a doo up shuada wop girl. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. And if she had done a thicker accent, I would have been out. Or if she was like, no, it's the talker. Like, I've been like, I would have no, I would have been out doing. So, yeah, it's 50s, 60s, New Yorker. Accent. Mm-hmm. And. I'm I'm enjoying it, so you know we'll we'll probably keep watching. Considering it is award winning, this mm-hmm. isn't just a random pilot. That's great. That's going to taper no. off. No, it gets so, better. I was yeah. like, oh, this isn't even the the full taste of it. I was like, this show truly just keeps getting better. Susie's great. Miss Ungermeyer, I love her. We get uh, Reed Scott later, who from Veep. The uh, he played uh, Dan on Veep. Dan, <laughs> Dan in wow. I need to. I okay. See now, I need to see what he looks like because to me, Dan has an iPhone face. He well, he plays like a late night host type fella, and so he looks. He's manicured. supposed to look a little manicured and shiny. Okay, that checks out. Yeah, there's there's some great great people, and I'm excited for you to continue to watch. I was thinking in my head, like people who, if they were in it, I would be like, I can't believe them in like a period piece, like this period piece. The first one I thought of, Nick Miller. Can't. No, no. <laughs> but I think he's in something where it's like 70s. I buy it. I could, yeah, 70s. Makes you add sense. on, t- you tack on 10, 20 years, and I, I buy that era. I buy him in the, I buy him 70s beyond. Earlier yeah. than that, no. Weirdly, Schmidt, 
I could see it. Yes. Schmidt's got yeah. that slick, weaselly hair. He's got mm-hmm. that just freshly out and of the vaginal can, canal hair. Yeah. And he can like tone down, like the, the actor himself can tone down. Yeah. I've seen him in more serious roles than what Schmidt, Schmidt was. And so, yeah. I also was like thrown, I forgot that this starts in 1958. So that baby is the same age as my mom. Because that's when my mom was born. (laughs) That puts it in so much of a perspective. I don't like doing that. That's so hard for, like, it's so fucking weird to me. Like, everything exists separate from my life. (laughs) Like, I just like, I don't know what this means. I don't know who was alive then. Like, I'm like, was my father alive? During high father had been alive for, or was, was he like, alive during this? Anytime he for was like me, a teenager, right? When I don't fucking know, Melissa. The thing for me, it's wars. When they do wars, and I go, my dad has a story about that war, and like not from a textbook. And I go, what the fuck? Like that's the part that gives me like massive culture shock. And then I go, maybe I should be nicer to you for having a hard time to using your iPhone. Like you lived here, yes. you were communicating with high Your dad was like at least ten. That's fucking crazy. He was like trading for goods and services and like mess like mess I'm like, what part were you in? Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Oh, also the the fact that the cafe is called a gaslight cafe. I know. I noted I noticed it the second and Mom was like, Oh, I didn't even notice. And I go, well, it must be nice to be a man. <laughs> There's also a really sad line in here too that is not meant to be a sad line. But when they go to that bar, when Susie finds her and then takes her somewhere. She says something about the bar owner wishing that he would die. And that guy does die, like in like for real, in real life, and they have to write it into the show. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. It was sad. Art. Yeah. Complicated. Yeah. But anything else before we get into the next part? No, I am chomping at the fucking bit for okay. m- my uh, worst of the episode. All right, so we're going to uh, take another break, and when we get back, we'll tell you what we're doing. We'll talk some shit. (laughs) Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. We're back. It's time to do the. I don't even. I feel. I feel like we can't even call it Rachel of the Week because Rachel Brosnahan. Mm-hmm. And for all of you, Rachels who are who constantly feel targeted. This is one, Rachel, that we've made an exception for. So mm-hmm. you just need to believe in your heart that you are the <laughs> Rachel we would also make an exception for. Yeah, Rachel Maddow is another Rachel we make an exception for. But if you're unable to make the exception for yourself, that's on you. Mm-hmm. You are the Rachel. Be the Rachel you wish to see in the world. Also, I keep getting tagged in TikToks with people like talking shit, but like keeping it anonymous. And they're like, I'll call this girl Rachel. And I'm like, we started this. We did. And we I did. can, we know that for a fact because this is not based in pop culture. This is based in personal. <laughs> this is, this is personal. Yes. So it's just like, I know that we didn't swipe this and it's just funny to me. Okay. Can I scream into the abyss about this? Well, we should say that this segment is called, but are, are they wrong? And this is when we pick 
what is usually our Rachel of the week, but we won't call it that. But the worst of the week, the worst of the episode. So go ahead, scream. Her mom. But more specifically, I'm going to say her mom's mom, who we've never fucking met. And then maybe after that, her mom's mom's mom, her mom's 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 mom. And I'm a woman who supports other women. And yes, this is all, it is not coming from a, a, an intentionally malicious place. It's coming from a wounded, hurt place. But good fucking God, does Amy Jerome Palladino write maternal trauma incredibly fucking well. Because mm-hmm. even hearing her mom talk, it's like a testament to the writing. It's a testament to the actors. And it's uh, <laughs> a testament to the, the ex- experience. Oh, the, oh, the female experience. Like, oh, what it's like being a woman. That. I don't, mustn't pick up on most of the, like the nuances of it, like knew what she was saying was like objectively bad. But when I'm hearing her mom say these things, I'm hearing her reiterating her mom's voice saying those things. Yep. And that is what it all like boils down to of like diet culture and like fat, like if you have a, a specifically like a mother daughter relationship, like a mother has an eating disorder, it is like, the, the percentage is astronomical of how much more likely it is for their child and then their child and then their child. Like that gets passed on. We talk about generational trauma, like it's legitimately in your DNA. And then there are active traumas that you're pushing on to your children. And then she's teaching her how to do it to her daughter mm-hmm. when she, her mom was taught how to do it to her by her mom onto her daughter. Like, and it's just so emotionless and so matter of fact, like that, that it's seen in a way that a lot of people who hadn't experienced it, I'm going to say straight up, like if you're like a cis man who did not grow up with women in your life or anyone who dealt with like this stuff, like you would, you would just think like, oh, they're not affected by it. They're talking about it like mm-hmm. this, obviously, like, you know, if you had like an eating disorder or a bad body image, like there would be like, this is just, it clearly doesn't bother them. And I'm like, no. You've been taught to see your body as an entity that you control, you fix, you manipulate, you use. And if it's failing you, it's like a car and it needs to be oil. You don't love a car to fix a car. You take, mm-hmm. you do the, you bring in the engine, you do what you got to do. You, you have your tune-ups, you've got your to-do, you've got all of this stuff. And it's like a matter of fact, this is wrong and I have to fix it. And it's just so well written. And because it's so well written and it's so emotionless, it's like far less triggering than a lot of other content like that, at least for me personally, because it's like, oh my God, this isn't personal. This isn't anything specific. This is just, it is the way it is. And even it being like such an old show, I mean, not set for like a long, not long, I don't know. (laughs) I can't do that. 1958. Yeah, set a while ago that, it's still that part is like still so relevant, which I think is an impressive in the writing that the reason why that narrative hasn't changed is because it's been passed down from mother to daughter, from mother to daughter. So like the verbiage has stayed the same. And there's a lot of things we talk about. We don't talk about the same way as we did in 1950, but women's bodies were talking about the same way because we're probably talking about them the same way they talked about them in 1920. And like, Mm -hmm. The, our our verbiage and our language has not been modernized because it's not a modern phenomenon. It's just, it's like Taylor Swift has this quote as like passed down through folk, folk songs. That's what this is to me. Like there are like, you know, idioms that you say that have like Latin roots and all that. I go, oh, 
this is older than all of us. And it was well, incredibly well written. And I fucking hate her mother. But I also then can't hate her mom because I know it's her mom's fault. And then I can't hate her mom because I know it's her mom's mom's fault. And it's like this endless spiral. But it's also the patriarchy too. Exactly. And I'm like, the first woman, (laughs) the first woman, it's not the first woman's fault. It's the man's fault to the woman. It's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's like, it's this domino effect. And I just like the the woman who played her mom was like fucking phenomenal. But I hated her and felt bad for her at the same time. But like every time she like went on the screen, I was like holding my breath and I was like, what the fuck are you about to say? Rose Wiseman. Yes. This also, since this is their Rose and Abe are both my Rachel's of the week or my terrible people of the week too. Rose, for all the things that you said, 100% agree. And she doesn't get better until I'll say she's not in a good place. And then something happens. Yeah. And then something happens. And then that's when we get her whole backstory. And I feel like I think this was like, it's either the beginning of season two or three. I don't remember which one it is, but she's gone. (laughs) And she comes like she gets found, but she's gone. And we get who she could have been if she mm. didn't stay in what was thought of her. Yeah. What should have been thought of her. And it's triggered by a lot of how Midge finds finds herself and she hates, she sees Midge and starts oh, hating God. that part of Midge. I mean, this is too good. This she is snaps like, and then, fuck. yes, we get her going. I forget which comes first. I think it's the snap first. And then we go to where she came from. Yeah. Damn. I need to. I'm like Amy Sharon Palladino. We need to sit down and have a talk because she's nailing the and she's nailing the it's the this. I don't even know if there's a cycle of it, like, you know, the Mm -hmm. cycle of abuse and like cycle of like love bombing. But this is in a mother daughter relationship cycle of you. You break away from those things. And then there's the resentment and the jealousy of your own kid. And Uh then you hate your own kid for doing what you couldn't do and Mm -hmm. wow yep and her dad too we actually don't get a lot of i don't remember i don't think we get any because it's on season five now and it's the last season but they do it like a normal tv like how tv was in the past where we've got long breaks in between you can't you don't really binge it because they release an episode every week so I have some gaps, but I don't think we get where the dad really came from, came from. We know like who he was in college. Midge is more like her dad than her mom. But a lot of the things of why she's like her dad is because of her rebelling against who her mom wants her to be. But her dad does not say his thoughts out loud. He thinks them. And then after something happens, he does a lot of I this is what I wanted for you. It's like he wants people to make their own decisions. But if he had spoken it out loud, it would have changed a lot because he does not like Joel, never liked Joel. He says in this pilot episode, you're a weak man or says that he's a weak man and I didn't want you to be with him. And she was like, when did you say that? And he goes, when I said blah, blah. And she's like, that's what you meant? Yeah, when he said, are you sure this is the one you want to pick? 
And it's like, that didn't, you didn't say it. That's not what that means. Yep. And he also is like not of these traditional values. And he does break away from this later, but he like put a lot of his life on hold because he was trying to be who the wife wanted him to be when it was the opposite of how Midge, Miriam, same person, how Midge is trying to fit into a mold to be who Joel wants her to be. And so he... It's mirrored relationships. It's a mirrored relationship. And he like sees a lot of himself in Miriam and it frustrates him because he's like, this is such a smart girl that could have done whatever she wanted to do. And she settled. Melissa, for nothing less, for nothing more than just appreciating this show even more, you might want to keep watching Gilmore Girls because like this is so parallel. In a way that is so, it is like the way you're describing. So like grandparents are a huge feature in Gilmore Girls. Same Mm -hmm. thing here as like parents, parents, the maternal relationship, like the men not talking so much and then putting a lot of blame, like women carrying these households and like the mirrored relationships and not wanting to be like the people wanting your kid to be like you, but also nothing like you and then rebelling Mm -hmm. and ending up being exactly like the whole, like, the whole like intricacies like it's impressive because you're telling me this in like the insight of someone who's watched it which I'm sure I would gather but I don't even think unless we were talking about it now that I would make the connection that this is incredibly similar to Gilmore Girls like it doesn't feel it's not written the same like it's not like all Mm -hmm. of those same dynamics it feels like very unique different families with like a very common thing that happens so yeah, that it's that's so similar. You write yeah. what you know. Maybe yeah. bunheads would have the same thing. <laughs> wow. And then when we meet when you meet Joel's parents later too, you're like, how the fuck did these people make him? Yeah. But then you figure yeah. you learn more. They're the worst in the best possible way. Like they're the they're the fun. Sex, like yeah. not they're like not sexy I would say but they're just sexy to each other the fun couple I'm like Joel is what you created no mm. oh I'm really interested yeah so you describing we don't meet Rory's dad in the first mm-hmm. episode of Gilmore Girls but we hear about him we hear about him we hear about mm-hmm. how everyone talks about him and then you eventually meet him and then you eventually meet his parents and it makes a lot of sense. And it's like, oh, wow. Okay. And it's interesting to see too. And I wonder if it happens the same thing in Maisel. In Gilmore Girls, there's a lot of family friends of like, it, like, like Lorelai and Rory socializing with Emily and Richard's friend circle and their people. Mm. And so you're, you have a comparison of how their parents became how they are from their parents but then also from their social circles and like all of these things kind of make a lot of sense of history is repeating itself in an attempt for history to not repeat itself, which mm. is interesting. And that seems to be a theme that she really likes. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get a lot of other, like as far as the family, it's just them, like the, the grand, both the grandparents on both sides. Cause since yeah. I, this is why they wrote them having these younger kids so that they, are still a family, but not a family. But yeah, we don't get, unless they're people that we see at the club and they only usually just last that season Mm -hmm. in what is going on. 
there's not a lot of other outside people. I mean, there are a lot of outside people, but not what we see as far as it opens the world. We open the world. And when you open the world, they're able to bring in diversity. So they Mm -hmm. get out of their pocket and they go where the black people are. They go where the Asian people are. Things like that. That does not happen in Gamaros. I know that. It's I think it's even wider than friends. I'm not kidding. Well, you Rory has her best friend that's Asian, but other than that That's Amy Sherman Palladino's best friend growing up was Korean. And that's yeah. like why? And I yeah. And so I like this feels like they did like they knew they were gonna like they knew that this was gonna happen, you know, like they yeah. were like, we we're going to actually do this. Even at the club when that black woman gets on stage and gives that poem. I'm like, this wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been there. But they gave a black woman a speaking role here, you know? Yeah, I think she's a self-aware Lena Dunham. So Lena Dunham stands by everything she did with girls. Mm-hmm. I think Amy Sherman Palladino has expressed that she has a lot of regrets with how Gilmore Girls ended once they, her and her husband left. But I don't think that she would stand by the, I'm trying to make it so accurate of these people and the social circles that they were in at the expense of diversity, I don't think yes. that she would stand by that, which makes sense yes. to me. In. And it's where they go makes sense to the story too. So yeah. it's not like we're going to force this. It's just like, this is makes sense. This is life. This is just, yes. if you want an accurate history representation, you have to then keep yes. them in their bubble if you don't want this. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, 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 I'm intrigued to see the rest I'm so excited that I got you on board. That makes me really happy. Good job. <laughs> I So it hasn't, the final season of Miss Maisel hasn't ended yet, has it? No. But it's it's five seasons. So by the time you catch up, it will have ended. No, I know. I'm just curious. So to talk about the Gilmore Girls lore for you for just a second. So mm-hmm. they... 2006, Amy Sherman Palladino and her husband Daniel couldn't come to agreement with the CW to continue their contracts. So then they ended their relationship with Gilmore Girls. They were, at the end of the season, they couldn't continue on. And she just said it was like a botched negotiation. And she was saying that she was like working way too much and she was doing everything. And like, you can really fucking tell and you know, directed by her. Like, you can just tell, like, she's putting everything into it. These characters, how they speak, like, it's... It's so consistent. And they said, Amy doesn't need a writing staff because she and her husband write everything. I thought, that's a great mentality on your part. But if you want to keep the show going for two more years, let me hire more writers. By the way, all this shit that I I asked for, they had to do any when we left. They hired this big writing staff and a producer director on stage. That's what bugged me the most. They wound up having to do what we asked for anyway. And I wasn't there. And then she got Gilmore Girls Year in a Life on Netflix, where she was able to give the show the ending she wanted. So it was two seasons that they were the last two seasons of the regular show they were not involved in. And so the writing pivots, the actors, I will say, did a really good job at like maintaining the characters and how they behaved. And I think probably had, I'm sure there were some really great writers on there who made sure that they sounded the same and all that. It was kind of just where the story ended that people were really frustrated with. And so then she was able to end it in her own way. And she said from the beginning of Gilmore Girls that she knows what the last two words, three words, two words of the the whole show were going to be. And so she said that from very early on. So like at, in the Gilmore Girls fandom, it would be like, oh, what do you think the final words are going to be? Like, what do you think they're going to be? And so knowing that she plans out, like she's one of the best TV writers, she plans mm-hmm. out 
the to the final fucking shot when she's pitching the show. I'm so I, I'm really curious about it because a lot of people fucking hated it in Gilmore Girls and she doesn't care. Like she knew people were going to hate it, but you can't deny any nobody can deny that like it might not be satisfying. It might not be what you fucking want, but like it is not out of character. Like she wrote real goddamn fucking people. Now this makes me actually want to watch the show. Yeah. And so people I'm going to fair warning people goddamn fucking hate year in the life. And I don't give a shit because I'm the belief system. If I like something, I can suspend disbelief and decide that it doesn't go with whatever I want afterwards. Like, I'm like, there are some parts of that. There are some parts of that show that I hate. So I just pretend they didn't happen. And I go, mm-hmm. not in my world. I, as a fanfic writer, I manipulate the reality all the time of my favorite shows. I was like, I don't have to listen to any of this shit. Yeah. So I mean, as a soap opera watcher, when you get a new head writer, a lot of stuff changes. And it's like, sometimes the characters stay the same. The characters that have been on for 50 years stay the same. Sometimes they get completely writ- rewritten. And you know what? I just got to adapt. Yep. I got to adapt. If if they recast the role after somebody's been playing it for 10 years, you got to just know the backstory and just be like, they're now writing to this new person's strengths. So, you know, they've changed and just go yep. with it. So I understand. Yep. So I, I'm really curious how I'm sure she's planned out exactly how this was going to end the same way. And I'm sure I don't think she would have ever gotten into an adi- another working relationship after Gilmore Girls without ensuring that she was going to be there the whole time. Yes. And so I'm really curious how it ends because despite Gilmore Girls fans fucking hating it, no one can deny and no one I talk to who like works in our field or who's like a writer can deny that like it's really good writing. It just is. And it's it frustrates you. But Cause it's not a thing. It's cause it's real. It's really good writing. I like when writers are true. They stay true to the story in the story where it needs to end, as opposed to putting a bow on what the end of the show should be. Like Scandal. Yeah. They didn't. They just. Oh, wait, they didn't no, I didn't. Hold on. on. Wait. I didn't. I have still haven't finished Scandal. Oh. I know. Sorry. I know. It's, it's okay. It's for me. It's no. Good. So that's what I'll say. I think I'll like it. And I I think the thing that a lot of people have, and I'm sure there's other TV shows, a lot of people, myself included, watched Gilmore Girls growing up. So she was a teenager. And so a lot of people, and it was on for so many years. And then the year in a life, like the reboot happened when we were all in our, if you watch it as a teenager, you're in your 20s. Or depending on how, if you, do, if you watched it when I watched it, which was not live on TV, but like the age timelines could have matched up. And so a lot of people saw themselves in Rory. And if she made decisions that they didn't like, Mm -hmm. it was like a personal attack. And it's like, no, the entire timeline of this show is she, you don't see her when her brain's fully developed. Like the entire timeline Mm -hmm. of the show, it's like 16 to like 25. And I love imperfect characters like that. Like, I, I think it's so well and it's like realistic where it's like, oh, look, someone did the same, like whatever it is, like it's just it's within those characters. It's just not what you, it's not the right choice or the choice you want them to make, but it's a choice you're going to it's the choice people make. Yeah, that's the thing is like you can't when you have characters make the choices that you want them to make versus what's true to what the character is and the mistakes that we all make, like 
you can't that's that's a boring show the show would not last as long as it did if they do what they should do you have to have flawed characters nobody in life does what they should do we all look back and like if i would have done x y and z i would have done that no you have to Mm -hmm. make the mistakes to keep the show going and no matter how much like warning from other people and like don't make the mistakes that i did or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like they're very rarely do you i i think do we watch a show of someone in their teens and 20s who is an accurate portrayal in the sense that like some of the stuff like she's a fucking ivy league like incredibly intelligent really smart but like because she's really intelligent really smart she's um, relatively emotionally stunted Mm -hmm. because this was what she focused all of her time and energy on and then she has like the goal, like the, the 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 gifted child syndrome, like it really breaks all of that down in such a realistic way. And mm-hmm. I think Amy Sherman Tapalino does a lot of really good things, but the leading ladies that she casts, like casting directors obviously have do amazing work, but in shows like this, when I'm not Melissa obviously knows this, but anyone else like the final say is going to be do you casting directors present them to director, mm-hmm. showrunners, producers. And when you are when you've created a show, you and you're writing it, you're directing it, you're the executive producer on it. You have you're the tip of the top. You're the yep. tip of the top. You get the money from the studio. Arguing with somebody about this on Reddit yesterday or like earlier this week. Yeah. That stuff frustrates me a lot when people just like, and I'm like, just ask someone who like understands like there's Mm -hmm. it's. And so when you're the showrunner and you're the creator of the show, especially for the pilot, you're going to get executive, you get all of these titles and then you have to do this. You have to listen to the studio. The studio doesn't make overarching large storyline calls. They make budget calls. So if someone's too expensive, an actor's too expensive, then okay, sure. They're not going to like go for it, but they want what you want. They do give very no. They give notes to give notes a lot yep. of times so that they can justify their paycheck. But every successful writer that I've talked to, they talk about how much they fight with the studio. If you yeah. give in too much, then the show doesn't become your vision anymore. And it gets so far off from it because the studio doesn't. The studio has no plans for each episode. The studio has no plans for like the future of it. So like fighting for the cast of this, you'll see like in the pilot or the 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 leading people they'll fight the hardest for you might see cameos that are on their own supporting mm-hmm. roles that like studios pushed for whatever but like you have the phrase like you have to learn you'd have to kill your darlings you're allowed mm-hmm. to have a couple darlings and yep. amy she does a really fucking good job between rachel brosnahan and lauren graham at casting actors who these roles on the page are a lot and mm-hmm. I can't envision anyone else doing either one of them and it not being an unbelievable performance or like, I mean, it being like a, a performance I don't believe and having it be like too yeah. campy or too over the top or feels really acted. And that's like, she gets fucking leading ladies. Like she's mm-hmm. very fucking good at that. Yeah, I agree. Even supporting cast. I can see that totally. on Gilmore Girls uh, just from what I saw, but even the supporting cast is phenomenal because like rose wiseman on Maisel, the way that she she screams in in a quiet way and yells in a quiet way and is very overly dramatic but that actress grounds her so much anybody Mm -hmm. in the hands of anybody else that would have come off so cringy yep and a not like she's cringe but she's 
true. Like you, you know someone like her. She's not cringing like this is bad. Like this is a bad actor. But in yeah. the hands of someone less capable, easily. The whole scene where she's just in the background moving around room to room when mm-hmm. <laughs> when uh, Midge goes, can you not scream right there in the room next door? And then she just goes across the hall and screams and like that. So good. Yeah, I think about that too with Kelly Bishop, who I don't, she, we looked her up. I don't think she's in Maisel. Maybe she was. She is. Yeah. Oh, she, she is. is. She's in, uh, she's in the current season, the season. Oh, so the matchmaker, a psychic, would you say? Yeah. Matchmaker. A little bit of both, but yeah, matchmaker. But She's phenomenal in that. And that's like, I, I'm looking at, I was looking at Bunheads because I wondered, I was like, I wonder who led Bunheads. Guess who it is? I already looked it up. So oh, yeah, know. Sutton Foster. Yeah. So it's like, Yep. she she's she's collecting brunette powerhouses mm-hmm. <laughs> just like or making hair, them br- or making phenomenal them exactly you're blo- <laughs> dye your hair brown and you've got a job like mm-hmm. she's really she knows how to do it like that's it's really impressive yeah so hats off to amy sherman palladino i'm sorry that i keep messing up your name but you're great love you you're absolutely great yeah so that's it for this double feature our next week are we returning to normal or are we going to keep going okay so if you're watching on patreon yeah we're wearing different clothes don't worry about it forgot it was gonna be filmed (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been days it's been days but you know what we remembered and we're here now and that's what counts so uh spotify as we i don't think we've actually talked about it in this episode but spotify uh in these this show spotify now has this feature where you can go on to the app and give your thoughts on a specific episode. And so this, these thoughts are from going off on an X and they say, I'm so excited for the TV show part of the podcast. Love to hear your thoughts on everything. So I'm sure this will be just as excellent. That's hilarious. Very hilarious. It's so funny. The yeah. I'm still stuck in the Maisel one. I mean, this is this is the Maisel one that we're recording. Oh, this great! For. Okay, everyone, I'm still <laughs> stuck on this. It's been day. It's been a couple of days. I'm still stuck on the conversation. The tit of it all is like yeah. making me laugh. Yeah, so and I need still. to. I know that Mats has skipped ahead and watched more of it, but I just need. Yeah, to, I think it. they say the thing that they say all the time in the second episode. So I just need you to watch it, so then you know what I was referring to. I can be on the then end. I can yeah, because then I can say it to you because I feel like this is something we would say to each other too. Oh, I I love a new a new little a new little vernacular a new little mm-hmm. slang word for oh perfect perfect yes. I joined a, a subreddit that's like I think it's like words that have never been said or like the first time the sentence has ever been said mm-hmm. and it's just like different phrasing and I'm like oh this is perfect for me like I love that kind of shit yeah okay well maybe that's my plan for tonight and then someone else said excited for the TV slash movie series been needing more show wrecks anyway like book club for shows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck reading. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then someone else said, fantastic. Great. Agree. Thank you. Oh, thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. And hey, Spotify, we're not sponsored by you because you just pay people millions of dollars to buy the podcast for ex- exclusivity, which we are not above. Mm-mm. I just don't think you know we exist. But here we are, free promoing. You're doing yep. good. You're doing amazing, sweetie. And then here's a review from Apple. You know, we we straddle the line for both oh, of the top. Without a doubt. Like, 
if somebody wants us to be exclusive, we will be. But we will. Until but like then, right now, like we've got a bench. Yeah. <laughs> We're sleeping around. Uh, T squared 15 said, long time listener. I love all editions of the podcast. I love the differences between Don't Blame Me and But Am I Wrong? Meg- Megan and Melissa are the best. And I look forward to these podcasts every week. Thank you. Thank you so That's much. So nice. I love our little universe. Me too. Okay. Well, what an episode. We hope y'all enjoyed and get your write-ins for our back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah. Submit to but am I wrong pod at gmail.com. Very excited. Thank you all. And let us know what you thought about these episodes too. All right. We'll, we'll circle back. back. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.